Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen. Your presence, Lord. I don't want to leave 
from my heart to you I wanted to open your eyes and read it well you'll find so many things in this letter Do 
told you. What I told you. I said I love. Did you read my letter? I wrote it from my heart. Do you remember what I told you? What I told you, I said I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, you can put your hands together. I think your hand claps should be louder. I don't feel that you are excited at all. How many of us have enjoyed the concert? Let's put our hands together. Hallelujah. So all too soon, by the grace of God, the concert has come to an end. We promise you an extensive one next time. But there are some few people that we want to acknowledge. First of all, we want to acknowledge our prophet, Bishop Dag Heward Mills. All these songs you have heard us do this morning was penned down by himself. And these songs are so powerful to the extent that you can't stop listening to them. So I want to give a round of applause again to our prophet, Bishop Doug Hibbert Mills. Then to our bishop. I said to our bishop. Bishop Edwin Morgan. Ogo. He has fed us with these songs And by the grace of God We also know how to sing first love songs We used to sing certain songs When we are in the world But we have come to Christ And now we sing certain songs So let's put our hands together And then to our Our pastor, the owner of the church Bishop Kwabna Asamoa. He's, he's, he's the patron of the royals. So when we are hungry, he gives us food. When we are tired, he gives us strength. And he has been with us throughout the journey. I want to say that God richly bless you. And God bless all of you too for being a great audience. Amen. Last and not the least, sorry. I almost forgot. You know, when you're having a program, there are sponsors. People sponsor the program for the program to be nice. So our, 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 this, this concert, this Go to Church concert was proudly sponsored by the instrumentalists. And our co-sponsors are the projection team, the sound team, and the media team. They've been very, very awesome in putting this together. So I want to introduce the instrumentalists to you. On the drums, the one who was playing the it's Maunio Johnson. So that's what he does for a living. 
and on the bass we have Danny on the bass and on the second keyboard we have Serpi the Chinese man and on the mains is Dr. Eishiraba Atapites so ladies and gentlemen a round of applause to the instrumentalist now finally let's put our hands together and welcome the royals for the last time as we do our last song and the royals are sponsored by our sister Grace the short one amongst us
Neighbor, your neighbor, look the neighbor in the eye and say, Give thy 
If your neighbor is not responsive, find another. Find another. And confess it. Come on. That's right. Now you want to make it personal. So you want to say, I give myself, I give myself. Yes, I give myself totally You are pledging to God that you will give yourself holy. Come on. I give myself holy. You want to do it with meaning. Come on. I give myself. Yes, I give myself. Give my time. I give my time. I give my time. I give my time. Give it to Cause if you give it, you will have it. But if you keep it, you will lose it. Now together, all of us, we say we give ourselves. We give up. We give ourselves. 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 You will have it. And if you have it. something big to the service. Is it beautiful? Is it powerful? Too powerful. Is it amazing? Amazing. So you can see that these are not just attendees of a church service, but they are contributing to the building of the church service. And uh, I want us, as we are standing, to give the loudest hand clap to the royals again. 
shine, do it better. And while we are still standing, while we are still standing. I want us to appreciate our pastor, Bishop Kwabuna Asami. a very big difference that's why giving the word exists leader and uh, the Makane Cathedral is blessed to have this pastor leading us he's built choirs built lives And I want to say, Bishop Kobe, God bless you for putting last week's concert. I hear something is coming up next week. I don't. Next week is shepherds. I hear shepherds are on next week. So clap your hands for shepherds. They are coming on. Hallelujah. Oh, give a louder hand clap. Which is our Sunday before. The swollen Sunday. So, maybe we can even feature them also on that Sunday. One or two songs. The Shepherds. On swollen Sunday also. Uh, oh, he has a plan for, okay, sorry. Sorry for intruding. <laughs> yes. But ladies and gentlemen, this morning, we have a very special person in our midst. The last time he was in our company, we were in the Bread of Life Cathedral, and he came to introduce the book Aspersions. That's a while. That's a while. Because when I think of the people I've sacked and uh, things, it's a long time then. Yes. Well, this morning. You see, a son is important to a father in many ways. Sound, please. A son, one of the responsibilities of a son is to fight the father's enemies. That is what validates sonship. That 
there is an enemy. And if you call yourself a son, among the many things, a son honors and son serves and all that. A son also fights enemies. And every father has enemies. Not just human beings. Once a while we have human beings. Once a while Satan anoints human beings. But any father doing something has got things that fight him. And one of the things that our father is fighting is in the area of equipping this UD and the body of Christ worldwide with the knowledge of church building and church planting and church work. Knowledge. Knowledge. That absence of knowledge which makes a church not grow for many reasons that is an enemy. And I'm happy that this morning we have with us that son who meets this enemy of ignorance not reading books not studying not knowing anything that enemy of ignorance that there is a son different sons do different things but this one is a specialist in confronting the enemy of being in a church without books pastors doing ministry without knowledge and for many years he has spent his life fighting for the father in different nations of the world all over the world equipping pastors equipping church workers equipping church clap your hands that's a very special son to any father who is doing anything because knowledge is the platform on which anything is done on which a church is built knowledge is a platform so today he's here with us to launch a section of the books our father and our prophet Bishop Daguard Mills has written not just for our church but for the world the body of Christ in the world for decades he's been churning out book after book books and we have different libraries and today we have the son here to open us up to the existence of this new and latest section of works done by our father and our pastor. And I'm so glad you came to church today. 
Because your life is going to be affected. This man is a brother I love so much. He has knowledge. He has love. He has anointing. More levels of anointing. And you will know it by the works of the person. All over the world. He's engaged pastors, founders, leaders all over the world in many different aspects of life and ministry. So this morning, you really have a privilege to sit at the feet of this man. A husband of one wife. A boy on this side is listening to me. I said, a husband of one wife. Somebody in this area. A father of beautiful children. A pastor of one of the nicest churches you can find. This morning he has left his church to be with us. That is special. That is nice. In his bid to fight for his father. His name is Bishop Albert Toss Mills Odoi. And I have the privilege to ask you to help me to welcome the son of our father to bless us this morning. Clap your hands and let's receive him. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you cover our weakness. Holy Spirit, we ask that you make us stronger. Holy Spirit, we ask that you cause the will of our Father in heaven to be done here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you cause the will of our Father, Bishop Daiki, also to be done here. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given to us to share and then also to hear your words. May our lives never be the same again. Amen. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you move and that you breathe upon the words that I speak so that your perfect will will be accomplished. Through me, I yield my members to you. Use me for your glory. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please put your hands together for the Lord. Hey, Nanaya. Please put your hands together for the Lord and let's take our seats. Wow. I'm just happy to be here. I've been looking at your church on Facebook for many years. And every Monday evening, I come I come and see what happened here on Sunday. Sometimes just to be happy. A lot of ministry and life is sad, so you need things that make you happy. And sometimes I just come and see what the owner of your church looked like the day before. And then I'm just happy. And then I'll send him a screenshot of himself and then I'll give him fans. And then I'm just happy. Amen. But 
I want to honor our father, Bishop Doug Heward Mills, for creating this. For creating this. As I, you see, what, you know, what happened through the lockdown? You see, let's take the lockdown for an example. You may not know what was happening during the lockdown and during the flow prayer meetings during the lockdown, but he practically kept the world going, you know, by the flow prayer meetings that he was having. He gave direction, not just to the UD, but to the world in those times of uncertainty. Lives were preserved. Ministries were preserved by his decisions, you know, that he took. I want to say that not by his anointing, because many pastors are also anointed, but by his decisions, because you can be anointed, but if you don't take the right decisions, you won't help anyone. So I want to thank him for the decisions that he takes, you know, that leads us, that guides us, that saves us. Amen. And the more I um, work with him and see the things he goes through, and then the things that he does in spite of what he's going through, um, it can only be God using him to preserve the people who are under his domain. And so let's honor him as is appropriate. Amen. Some years ago, oh, please take your seats. Some years ago, I went to um, Kenya and I was preaching in a you'll be there in a very important church in Nairobi the pastor was the president's pastor and some of the cabinet members are his church members before I went to preach they sent me an email it was like a checklist what kind of microphone would you like a lapel mic or a handheld mic or an overhead mic what kind of water do you want to drink um, bottled water or warm water or cold water what the point I'm trying to make, at the end, when I, uh, when I was in the church, the pastor told me that when you get to the stage, you see a clock on the stage. It will be 45 minutes and we start to count down to zero. When you finish, or when you get to zero, please put down the mic and walk off the stage. So when I came and I saw that there's a countdown clock here, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> it reminded me of that church. But you know, let me tell you something. When Bishop Ogo was introducing me, I, I could see that he wanted me to hear how to introduce him when I invite him to my church. Because the things he was saying, I think they apply to him. Somebody who, like a son, who, you know, goes around sharing the knowledge from the books. I mean, who knows the books more than Bishop Ogo? Or, or, or you don't watch him at them, the pastor's conferences. One day, listen, one day I saw on somebody's status and the person wrote, you say you are a leader and you have four people in your church. Are you there to play Ludu? <laughs> then the person wrote in brackets, say it in Bishop Ogo's voice. <laughs> yes. So, when you talk about bishops' books, bishops' teachings, 
I don't think there's none more committed, there's none more exemplary than Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. None. There can never be. And I'll prove to you. No, if you if you keep clapping and you keep standing, I can't preach. So you let me finish preaching. Then you put your hands together once. No, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you scientifically. You see, Jesus said that by their fruits you shall know them. When I look through the UD from Alaska to Australia, from Chile all the way up to Cambodia, from Sweden to South Africa, listen, apart from the first love church where Bishop Dark pastors, the largest gathering of human beings ever in the UD has been in this cathedral under Bishop Ogo. The, the last, the last, look, you, you are standing again. <laughs> and you are used to standing. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. The last swollen Sunday you had, which I knew, I was watching you guys, so I was watching you people seriously. Which I knew from my own investigations to be to have been over ten thousand in attendance. Though you see, ashes are anointed to undercount. Ashes, they have an undercounted anointing everywhere in the world, not just your church. So when your attendance, I think, was nine thousand eight hundred and ninety-eight or something, I said it's not true. But the ashes were doing their work. That's the reason why. But. You know, as I was sitting down and I saw that you have a swollen Sunday on the 12th of February, I came to give you a message from the Lord that, listen, all of you, you must make sure that when you send me the attendance, I'll ask the owner of the church for the attendance. It must never be less than 12,000 people here because you are having it on the 12th of February. So it must never. Otherwise, I won't come and launch Macarius 101 to 150. I won't come. So make sure that your attendance. But you see, because of the anointing on Bishop Ogo's life, it will be easily done. So don't worry at all. It's done already. Amen. It's done already. It's done already. But I'm just happy to be here. And I'm happy to also be here with the owner of the church. Um... 22 years ago I don't know what deceived me and I wanted him to be my keyboardist 22 years ago and he vehemently refused sometimes he would put his phone off but he vehemently refused but now I understand why he refused because dogs play by sizes and when he saw me there was no reason at all why he should come and play my keyboard when Bishop Ugo was there so Bishop Cobb, I want to thank you for many years of friendship and many years of love. You know, let, let me tell you people something. When you become an orangu, eh, you delete a large part of your past life. And it's painful. On Thursday, um, Lady Pastor Paula, one of Mother Chella, one of Bishop's administrators, sent me a picture. It was me, her husband, herself, and one of our lady pastors in Geneva during their honeymoon. 
And when she sent me the picture, she'd have seen me. My stomach was flat. Maybe you can't believe it. My stomach was flat. Yes. And we were in one of our pastor's apartments in Geneva. And we were chatting. You see, when I saw the picture, the first thing that struck me was, history is beautiful. History is beautiful. Because, you see, there was so much to talk about. I reminded her of how they almost caused our pastor to be sacked from her apartment because of what they were doing. You see, in Ghana, in Ghana, the walls are cement. But in Europe, they build with wood. Uh-huh, and with insulation. So whatever you do in one apartment is head in another apartment. And they were from Ghana, used to cement walls. And they are going to do honeymoon in Geneva. Hey! They almost caused their friend to be sad. You see, but I thought of some of the orangus who have left. That even if their picture was seen, it would just generate unhappiness, sadness, anger. You cannot even send the picture to them. I want to encourage you people that they see, when I see the happiness, the fun, the joy from the royals, their leader, the choir, um, uh, worship leader, how he was singing, um, did you read the letter I sent? I mean, it's all beautiful. It's all nice. It's all exciting. I don't know why you will be um, upset in such an environment. I see, when I stood up there and I saw Lady Pastor Nanaya, she was one of my very, very good, nice friends on campus. And she's still here. Though, as she's prosperous, she doesn't mind me, but that's fine. I'm just saying that we used to be very close, very nice. And as I've seen it, I'm happy. You see, there's no reason why we should separate ourselves. But, but this morning, I came to share with you about a power. A power that when it comes, easily, easily will make you forget every nice thing that has ever been that you've ever experienced in this church easily I look, i'm using the word easily will make you easily forget every happy moment every time of laughter every time of joy every hug you've ever received every financial help you've ever gotten every word of encouragement that you've look, it will make you forget every offering you've ever given that power it will turn you from a best friend into a worst enemy overnight. It's a power. And it is a river that cannot be dammed. So you better make sure that river doesn't start flowing. So that's what I came to protect you against. I just came to protect you against it. You know, yes, I came to launch the Macariuses, but I tell you, when, when I discovered that power, I decided that everywhere I am invited to preach this year, I'll teach about that power. Because I see how the devil is successfully using it to spoil churches. No, not to spoil churches, to spoil people. It is the power of offense. Yes. The power of offense and being offended. You see, let me tell you something. In my short time in ministry, I'm not as experienced as Bishop Ogo. 
But in my few years in ministry, I've been more experienced than your owner, but not like Bishop Ogo. But in my few years of ministry, listen, Jesus himself said, the only reason why you should divorce is for adultery. But do you know that I've never seen a marriage breakdown because of adultery before? Even when the person even commits adultery so much that he goes to even have children outside their marriage, I've never seen it destroy a marriage before. Even the one that Jesus said, you are allowed. I've never seen it before. In each and every single case of divorce I know, the root cause is offense. Not even the adultery that Jesus said. It's always offense. You should fear it. If you listen to um, um, the um, Give Thyself Holy in 2020, where Bishop was sharing on prodigal ministries, when he got to the stage of offense, it was like some spirit came into the room. Look, as Bishop, all the bishops, we instinctively just stood up when he began to share on offense. It frightened me. When I read this book, those who are offended, ha! I sent Bishop a message that this is one of the most frightening books I've ever read because it's like there's nothing you can do about it. Matthew chapter 18 verse 7 Jesus Christ said Woe unto the world because of offenses That means that trouble and destruction is coming Because of offenses Reverend Albert Akins God bless you for a marvelous work done You know as we are sharing that scripture From that God will um, bless you And no one will delight themselves in your land I said when I come I also bless you people that no one at all Anywhere will delight themselves In their bonds that you've invested in Okay, God will cause you God will cause nobody to uh, delight themselves in your bonds. Oh, say amen. amen. Huh. Any evil eye that is looking at your bond, may that eye be blinded. Please, back to my very important message. <laughs> Look, you ask yourself, what will cause you to be angry in this church? When Jesus Christ said, woe to the world because of offenses, I I wish he had ended there. But then he said that it must need be that this thing that will destroy you will happen. That's the sad part. But the good part is, there are things, there's a way you can behave. There's a way you can become that will deliver you from being destroyed when you are offended. You see, let me tell you something. When Jesus Christ said, woe to the world because of offenses, let me show you how the world today is in destruction because of offense. You take the war in Ukraine. It's from Vladimir Putin being offended with Eto's expansion. That's all. Nobody is doing anything bad to Russia. No one. But Vladimir Putin is offended that you people say you won't come to the east and the people in the east said come. But in his offense, the world economy has crashed. Some people are blaming their mismanagement of their country on that. You can see how people, count the number of Ukrainians who have been killed the number of soldiers who have died, the family that have been wrecked, people who have been schooled in Ukraine, whose education has come to an end because of one man's offense. 
So when the Bible says, or when Jesus says, woe unto the world because of offenses, like Bishop Dark says, do not take the concept or the teaching or the principle of offense lightly. Never think that, oh, it's another book. Who I tell you, you know, 15 years ago, I came to learn this book in Adenta, Aspersions. And that book is also like that. There are two things that Jesus said are woes. Accusations and offenses. These two. These, these are two things. Are the two things that Jesus said, woe is coming to the world. Two things. One, accusations. Revelations 12, 10. He said that, and woe unto the world, for the accuser is come unto you. Woe to the world. Like, worldwide distraction is from two sources. Accusations and offense. Destruction of a worldwide nature are from two sources. Accusations and offense. The source of all offense is accusations. This morning, I want to just read the book to you. Chapter 2. How offense comes. (laughs) Those who are corrected and rebuked. You see, maybe I shouldn't say that. Anybody who is happy and stops becoming look, every single case of an orangu, every orangu is an offended person. Hundred and ten percent. You can never be an orangu if you are not offended, and that's why you see them talking on Facebook because they are offended with something. But let me share a secret with you. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said. If you have offended somebody, not somebody that's offended you, you have offended somebody. Go to the person who is offended. Go to the person you have mistreated. Go to the person who you have wronged. Apologize to him. If he forgives you, fine, you've won your brother. If he wants, go with two other people, like the mother two or three, something. If he forgives you, fine. If he remains in his offense, take the church, take the mother before the church. If he if the church is able to convince him to leave his offense, fine. But if he will not stop being offended, sack him from the church. Listen, not that the person who did the wrong should be sacked, though. The person who cannot overcome his offense should be sacked. So be careful about staying in offense. Let me tell you something. In every organization, there are two ways to live. You are either sacked or you resign. But at the end of the day, you are out. So whether you resigned and left, or whether you were sad, you are out. So the method by which you live is not important at all. It is that you left at the end. So many of these orangus here, they think they got angry and left. No, Jesus sat them from the church. That's actually what happened. Jesus sat them. Because look, if you are in a church, why will you leave? The only reason why you leave is that something wrong was done to you. So it is true. Something wrong was done to you, but forgive. If you don't forgive, you will lose. Which Orangu, which of them has changed the church? Which of them? Which, which, whose living has affected the church? Who? It is you, you know. Let me share a testimony with you too bring this point home. When I got born again, I joined the church very happy. You know, when you are in a nice church, everything is nice. Then Bishop was launching loyalty and disloyalty. 
I can never forget. I was so moved. I was, I've never seen a book being launched before to buy the book at the launch price. Not today. It was 500,000 CDs there, which maybe in today's money was maybe 5,000 CDs. Now, I'm a new Christian. I've just joined your church. I'm sitting down. I didn't ask you to make an announcement. Then Bishop announced, anybody who bought the book at the launch price, come to me after church. I'll autograph it for you. I didn't ask him to make the announcement. He made the announcement on his own volition. So I was happy. I said, oh, wow, I'll take my book to be autographed. So after church, as an obedient person to the announcement, I took my book. He was standing in front with Archbishop Duncan Williams. He came to do the launch. So as he had instructed us, I took my book to him. Please autograph it for me. The way he shouted at me, eh? Like around where that seal is, this uh, whatever was dedicated by, he shouted, you can't come here. I said, oh. But you told me to bring the book. I brought the book. Why are you shouting? So as he shouted at me in 1998, as I closed the book and left, I said, I won't come back to this church again. Then I said, I'll go to ICGC. I said, no. Where Christ's temple is, I don't know what car will take me there. I said, I'll go to Word Miracle. Check out that I was Word Miracle. I said, it's too far from my house in Dansoman. I said, I'll go to International Bible Worship Center. Like, like these were names I used to hear on radio. You see, but more and more as I was considering different churches, none was working. And so at the point, I heard the voice of God that you are leaving this church to go away. Then I knew I'll stay. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If I had left the church, do you think it would have changed the church? You see, but look at me today. As I decided to overcome the offense, the, as I overcame the offense, that the overcoming of that offense has made me whatever I am today. One day I was talking to Bishop and he told me that you can um, calculate a financial blessing of every time you obey the Bible. Every time you obey the Bible. Then he told me that he was with um, John Gicho. When John Gicho spoke to him in a way that offended him, but he forgave him. Then many years later, a pastor from France invited him and said that, I saw you standing with Dr. John Gicho. And that's why I've invited you. So he said that, you see, whatever honorarium was given to him by that French pastor who invited him is the direct cost of his forgiveness. Yes. The financial cost of his forgiveness is equal to the honorarium he received. I'm sure you have heard him say it in preaching. So you see, every time, you see, as I look at these orangus, I wonder that I saw where are they going and what will they become? And who will lose? I want to counsel you that uh, there is a wave of offense that the devil is using. Don't let it get you. You see, when you see soldiers going to battle, in the morning when they dress, they wear a bulletproof vest. They don't want to be killed. They don't want to be shot. They are not expecting anything bad. But they wear the bulletproof vest because in the nature of war and how war is, a bullet may be fired at you. 
or even it may even be a stray bullet. But the bulletproof vest we are wearing, that you wore as a matter of habit, will save your life in that day. That's what the Bible says. The wise man sees the evil ahead and prepares himself. But the foolish goes on as though there is no evil and is destroyed. I want to tell you that you will be offended. When Jesus told his disciples, in a general sense, all of you shall be offended with me. Peter should just have kept quiet. Peter should just have kept quiet. But Peter told Jesus, you are lying. You are wrong with me. As soon as Peter told Jesus, you are wrong, then Jesus now assigned a special offense to Peter. He said, you, Peter, apart from everybody who orangulized me, yours will be more immediate. By the time the cock crows, you would have offended me. And ran away. Then Peter again, the individual prophecy that also came, he told God again, you are lying. And Jesus didn't want anything worse to happen to Peter. So he didn't say anything again. I'm saying this to say that let nobody here say, I cannot leave this church. Let nobody here say, I cannot be offended. As soon as you say, I cannot be offended, you make Jesus a liar. And then a specific, very strong one will come to test that thing you said, I cannot be offended. Remember that the book Nebuchadnezzar spoke in his heart. Be careful what you say in your heart. Accept. Accept that you will be offended. So that when the offense comes, you are ready for it. You know, have a mind that you will be offended. So when the offense comes, you say, oh, this thing, I was expecting it already. Just say it in your head, Bishop will go, I'm expecting this one. Don't say it with your mouth. If you say it in your mouth, a worse offense will come. Just say in your heart, this offense, it won't get me. It's okay. It's okay. And I'll show you what to do when you are offended. Whenever you are offended, listen, whenever you are offended, even if you are offended in your heart and in your mind, do what you would have done if you were not offended. Do what you would have done if you were not offended. I'll show you why. Human beings are emotional beings. We are not rational beings. If we were rational, we don't even need the Bible. But we are emotional beings. And offense is an emotion. And emotions ebb. Emotions subside. Emotions go. The problem with offense is how you behaved when you were offended. Because look, as for God, he even expects us to be offended. It is the same as that scripture, be angry but sin not. The Bible says that anger is a sin. Anger rests in the bosom of food. I mean, there are so many scriptures against anger. Yet, God says, be angry. It is a commandment to be angry. If you're also here, you say, me, I don't get angry. You've also made God a liar. Anger is part of being a human being. Bible says, be angry. But in your anger, don't sin. In the same way, I came to also tell you, be offended. But sin not. Be offended. But say not. Because by the time you have finished misbehaving in your offense, you yourself know that I'm sorry cannot correct it. Like the Bible says, and there was no more repentance found for him, even though he sorted with much tears. Proverbs chapter 9 verse 7. He that rebukes a scorner Get us to himself shame. 
And he that rebukes a wicked man gets to himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hates you. That rebuke a wise man, and he shall yet be wiser. I'm just reading the book to you. The Bible says that when you gather together, give attention to reading. (laughs) The scripture is clear that rebuking someone is a risky business. People love to be praised and pampered. You see, but I know that when you have a pastor like Bishop Ogo, there's praise and pampering also. Yes, yes. I don't know why they say, hey. hey. Ah, if Bishop Ogo also says he's offended because you are saying, hey. Bishop writes, most people do not take correction well. You remember how you hated your school, your school teacher who used to correct you? It is that same behavior. When people are being corrected, most of them fail to think of what they have done wrong. You see, we respond to their correction that is coming, not what we have done. We choose to ignore our part in their matter. You are having swollen Sunday. How is it that as Bishop Kobe is calling you on Friday night, your phone is off? You cannot come and say your battery died. Swollen Sunday period. Last week to Swollen Sunday. Ask Bishop Kobe's wife what happens at home. The last five days to Swollen Sunday. I tell my leaders that anybody who doesn't quarrel with his wife, the last week of Swollen Sunday, you are, you are not serious. You've not organized it well. A good swollen Sunday must lead to marital crisis. A, a well-organized swollen Sunday, there must be marital crisis involved. Otherwise, you have not, not organized it well. Yes. I'm saying this, see, I'm also preparing you for your swollen Sunday. This is part of the preparation. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> It is amazing to see how people react to rebukes and corrections. Indeed, correction is grievous and painful to men of error. Look at what he says. Correction is grievous. Proverbs 15, 10. Unto him that forsakes the way. You would have believed that somebody who forsakes the way will be grateful that you've corrected him. Your church is not growing. You've been advised, advised, advised. You are not changing. Yet when you are rebuked, when you are transferred, you get angry. Unless you are a man of error. You see, when you are a man of truth, you will accept it. That Charlie, I needed it. This beauty has helped me. But when you are a man of error, nothing good that is done for you even makes sense. Because your, your nature is that you are a man of error. That's your character. Decide that you will never be one of those who cannot receive correction humbly. 
Receiving correction is one of the important spiritual tablets that you must swallow if you ever amount to anything in the ministry. <laughs> you know, I remember one day somebody was talking about a titles in Crete they have once a year, and you know, then I forgot who, but somebody was saying that. No, I was telling the person that, oh, but for us who are close to Bishop, Titus in Crete is daily. Daily Titus in Crete. It's a daily Titus in Crete. You see, but the advantages, your annual Titus in Crete, by the time you have your Titus in Crete, you are so out of the way that to bring you back takes ex- or needs extreme measures. But for us who are closer, the slighter deviation we are, we are brought back so it seems that we are in a straight line but for you who is happy that yours is once a year your life becomes like a zigzag wide swings but for those who embrace correction your life is almost like a straight line that's the difference embrace correction love it it is for your good I don't know how far we will go Listen, when you are rebuked, decide to think about your role, your role, your behavior, what you did that necessitated the rebuke. What did you do? Ah. You see someone. Listen to this part. You love it. Look, I'm just reading the book to you. Do not think. Listen to this next sentence. Do not think about whether somebody is raising his voice at you. Because something that's our problem. He raised his voice. But your behavior. See, let, see, let me show you something. When there's a little something on your shirt, you can do like this. It goes. Sometimes you have to pick it, then it goes. If it's a stain, see, the harder the stain, the stronger the material you need to remove it. It is your stubbornness that has necessitated a raised voice. It is the way you are. Because there's another person. When that person is being corrected for that same thing, there is no need for a raised voice. It may just even be a text message and everything is over. But the way you are, let me tell you something. Me, the way I am, eh? I thank God for Bishop Dagwood Mills. I think he's the only person who can pastor me. I think so. And I suspect he knows. I suspect he knows that he's the only person who can pastor me. The way I am. Hey! One day, very early, maybe the first two years of our marriage, I think Bishop had advised me and he didn't know what to say again. So one day, I mean, my marriage counseling, he used to start at 4.30 in the morning. Sunday night on his way home. When I hear, Toss, sit in the car. Then I know that there's a big problem. So I think I remember one of the nights. See, the counseling before. He had given me example of this place. So I think his words were finished. We're at Sakaman Junction. Traffic lights. When he had said, Toss, I think you have demons. No, no, it's not. No, he said, Toss, don't you think you have demons? Then I said, Yes, daddy. 
can never forget. He said, don't you think you have demons? I said, yes, daddy. Then when we got to his house, his car park, I knelt down and said, please cast them out. <laughs> then, he cast them out. Maybe this was having 2007, 2008. But I know how Jesus Christ said, not me. Jesus Christ said, the demons leave for a season. So, I think they left. Then somewhere around 2014, 2015, something happened again. And this time we were sitting on his car park at home. This time we were in the car on the car park. Then he said, Toss, I think the demons have come back. <laughs> then I said, Yes, daddy. Cast them out again. Hey! <laughs> I don't know who else on earth can ask me such a question. Toss, don't. If you ask me, do you know the response I'll give to you? You look at my face boy, and ask me, what kind of response do you think you will get? But for, you see, that's what I'm saying. For, see, that's why the Bible says, I, God, I will give you pastors after that. The kind of pastor, I will choose a pastor for you. That's appropriate for you. But some of you, when God has given you the best pastor, then you run away from it. Therefore, your sin remains with you. Like, the demons become comfortable because there's nobody strong enough who you submit to who can cast them out yes everybody has his pastor let me tell you something many years ago i realized that nobody goes to church there's nothing like church everybody goes to a pastor nobody goes to church everybody goes to a pastor i'm telling you that i saw it long ago Everybody has his pastor. And you see, it's a spiritual connection that God gives you. That's why when you leave the church, you become like a wandering bed with no resting place. Yes. Me, I pray for Bishop that to live long because if something happens, I don't know. Even some of you who are, who, who are here, you know already, as you are here in church, you know the sins you will commit if Bishop Ogo was not your pastor. And I'll say something again. I'll say something again. You also know the sins you commit when he goes for crusades. Tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. That you know that, listen, you know that he's your pastor. When he sees you, like there's a way he can tell. So you wait for him to go to crusade so that by the time he comes back, you have repented and time has passed. Before he returns, is it true or not true? <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 27. Therefore, thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not listen to you. You see. Those who don't listen to their pastor also don't listen to God. It, it, look, it's easy to know. Look at this. Thou shalt call unto them, but they will not answer. You see your pastor's number. You just put the phone down. You, you press the volume key. So it starts ringing, then you put it down. Then when you have to say you were asleep. He said, God said, 
But thou shalt say unto them, listen to this, these four things always go together. This is a nation, number one, that do not, that do not obey the voice of God. Number two, they also do not receive correction. Number three, truth is perished. Number four, and truth is cut off from their mouth. You see, every pastor gets to their place where he identifies those who don't receive correction and he stops telling them the truth. Every pastor has members he's afraid of. But to the ones he's afraid of, he only plays games with them. Huh? How are you today? Was there traffic on the road coming? Ah, how, how are your sons doing in school? Oh, is your husband back from the trip? Oh, how was your flight? Oh, wow. How was the weather? The, your dogs were telling me the last time, did the vet come? There's nothing important that is said to you again. Truth is perished. In your case, truth has died. Death, the death means there's no communication. What it means is that now truth is not communicated to you any longer. Only what you want to hear. I have people like that. <laughs> One person, so disobedient that she's made me famous. She's very famous. I'm actually used as a good leader because of her disobedience. Because everybody wonders in shock why that person can misbehave that way and that somebody like me. And when I explain to them the circumstances, they say, wow, we now understand. So there are places where they use me as a good example of how to keep people. <laughs> because I never speak the truth to the person. Truth is perished because you receive not correction. And you know, you just have to probe deeper to know that such a person also doesn't obey the voice of God. Why don't people receive correction? Why do people become offended? I don't know how far we'll go. One, because a rebuke, a correction makes you look less beautiful. Less glamorous. Like a rebuke makes you look bad. But every man shall proclaim his own goodness. Psalm 39 verse 11. When thou rebukes, when thou with rebukes, that's correct man for iniquity, thou maketh his beauty to consume away like a moth. I mean, it's like as you are coming to church, the way you are spotted, the way you are drawn perfume, your high heels, your hair, even though it's not your hair, is fine, but like your hair, the way it looks. The way you came to church, like, pastor said, but then you are always late, and why are you late? You know the royals have to perform, and you came late for the royals, so that's why. Instead of considering that I should have come early, you are angry that he said you came late. But did you come late? Number two, people only want to be praised, so they naturally do not receive correction. I say, me, eh? 
she won't listen. Listen, I have people who, when they sing, eh, the words are wrong. The key is off. The stanza is mixed. The inflections are wrong. When I go up the city, put your hands together for such beautiful singing. So I can have peace. <laughs> because, you see, I've learned, listen, the Bible says, a brother offended is harder to win than 10 cities. It means it's easier to fight and capture Accra, Kumasi, Takradi, Cape Coast, Sunyani, Sekendi, uh, Ho, Peki, two more, Temba, and Aflao, than to get somebody who is offended in you to forgive you. So, me these days, when I see that this person is some way, I don't correct you again. Why do you think God doesn't correct most of us? God can also see that we are all some way. How many people can God correct? Look, look at the argument that God had with Saul. And so they had to call, ah, but I can hear meh, 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 yes, you say no. That's how we are. That's how we are. Number three. The scripture, guys, don't give me Proverbs 20, 20 30 in KJV. Give me in the Message Bible, Living Bible, and uh, NIV. Proverbs 20, 30. Look at what the Bible says. Blows and wounds. Scrap away evil. And beatings purge. The innermost being. I think we can end with this scripture. <laughs> Blows and wounds. Look, you know. Sometimes when you love someone, eh? you see me, there are times when I'm talking to somebody and I really want change, I choose words that will hurt the person. I was a first class student, English. When I did TOEFL, I had a perfect score. Like if it's English there, by God's grace, I can choose, I can mention like Bishop Ogo, I learned it from him. Tesoros. You know, Tesoros. We can mention 10 different versions of the same word. Each chosen for effect. You yourself, each word, you, know, you feel like a physical slap. The Bible says that, and <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says of Christ, listen, the Bible says of Christ in Revelation that, and a rod of iron went out of his mouth to beat the nations. Sometimes your words are like physical beatings. Oh, yes. But the purpose is to scrap away evil. The intention is good. The motive is for correction. Ah, but for example, after all these years, when Bishop Ogo asks you, so, or asks you, are you being a good wife? You say, yes. So do you bath in the night? He say, oh, it's been a while. How should he respond? 
how should he like what okay what do you think is the right way for him to respond to say oh okay so too nice no extreme words like you know i think you need to choose are you stupid or you are foolish choose one choose one there are proper responses i am now sure you are a villager i'm now sure like by this your response i'm now sure that you were poorly trained and you are so stubborn that nothing can change you and you deserve to be divorced then you'll be standing looking at him see bishop doesn't like me no it is you who doesn't like yourself it's not bishop who doesn't like you you ask yourself that if you bath in the night is it for him or is for your marriage to be better one day I was doing this my books work and I went to a country and I, and I was with a missionary and his wife they were trying to have a child the child was not coming so you know how it is the wife came to save me so I asked her how is everything I said, how is sex I said oh something because we can't live for the night do you bath in the night <laughs> apostle so after, listen, after I had insulted her a bit, then in tears she answered, but my husband too doesn't bath. <laughs> she said, but my husband too doesn't bath. <laughs> so, so listen, so I called a meeting of the husband also to solve the bathing in the ninth problem so I told the husband because the wife said the husband doesn't make hot water for her to bath that's why she doesn't bath so I said no problem so I told the husband every night do hot water can you believe I was there for one month by the time I was leaving the wife was pregnant by the time I was leaving the wife was pregnant no IVF no vitamin C, no zinc, no nothing. Only bathing in the night. <laughs> huh? Only bathing in the night. <laughs> yes. You see, but somebody else could have said, you cannot come from Ghana, just come and insult us. If we don't bath in the night, it's a noisy or bathing. It's noisy your body, I'm not bathing. Why does you consent? And then you would have been there childless. Because now truth is perished. But that shall never be your story. Number four. Number four. Maybe I'll end at five. <laughs> Number four. Number four. Look at this one. Bishop says that look at this point you must reverence and revere and worship and honor correction so you see you must value correction to the extent that it is like something that you crave hebrews chapter 12 verse 9 furthermore we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us and we gave them reverence. Honor. I have taught my sons. Every time I beat you, you thank me. 
hey, if you don't thank me, a big problem will come again. Maybe even worse than the first one. So when they were much younger, this was the uh, formula. When I beat you, you come and say thank you. Then I'll give you chocolate. But, no, let me finish. But, if I beat you and you cry, I beat you again. Yes. Because, you see, their crying is meant to manipulate me that I've done something wrong. Even my wife, by, I think, second month of marriage, she saw that crying doesn't work here. Crying, like crying. Me, I haven't seen crying in my marriage. I discouraged it. You see, Pastor Nanaya, there was negative reinforcement to tears. Some of you, when your wife are crying, then you bring out the handkerchief. I'm sorry for what I did to you. Can you believe that recently? <laughs> Can you believe that recently? A wife went to do something bad. When I heard about it, I said, watch. At the end of this thing, the husband will apologize to her for the wrong that she has done. I'm not mixing my words. So I'm not like saying the wrong. I said, watch. The husband, will, even though she had done something wrong, the husband will go and beg her for forgiveness. It happened exactly. You see, many men are comfortable with stupidity. That is their problem. Comfortable with stupidity. That is their problem. <laughs> many men eh, are comfortable. It's like they are okay. They sort of encourage. They groom. Nonsense. It's true. That, those are the things that happen by the time you see you have eaten a fruit that God said don't eat. Hmm? Then when the sucking comes, it's the two of you. Hmm? At all. Another problem is many men love sex too much. This not, but this was not part of um, the message. But many la- men, eh, your wife has seen that you really love sex. That's why she uses it against you. The question you should ask yourself is: You were twenty-eight uh, years before you, you were got married. Did you not live for twenty-eight years without sex? Can't you live for two days without it? Now look at how they are blackmailing you. Tell yourself that 28 years I was okay. Two weeks I'll be fine. You see that your marriage will change. This is not part of the message. Ah, I was on revering. Please, back to the message. Back to the message. <laughs> back to the message. This wasn't part of the message. <laughs> this one was on behalf of all individual bondholders, just to encourage them in the uh, whatever they are going through. <laughs> Number five. <laughs> Number five. This is a beautiful one. They will end with it and continue in the next service. Look at this one. Rebukes and corrections. Are a stamp of ownership and the stamp of the love of a father. Look, there are times when 
my children's best friends who are like the children of my best friends come and spend the night or no not the night sometimes a week in my house they can all do something wrong i'll beat my children i cannot beat the other uh, bishop randy's children i can't beat them because in a sense they are not my children Bishop Brandy would tell you, you can beat their, their, their children. There's something you cannot just beat someone's children. But the ones I have ownership of. Ah! Even sometimes when I've not beaten them for a long time, I just beat them for rehearsal for the time that I'll be beating them really. <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Rehearsals, rehearsals. Yes, I told them, you know, you guys have been too good, so I've been walking out. They hit the back of their back. Now I just say, is everything okay? Yes, daddy. And I move on. Let me tell you something. There are people, you may be there thinking that Bishop Ogo faces everywhere. No. There are people in this church he has never, never faced before. And the reason is because he doesn't feel an ownership of them. I'm telling you the truth. You see me, I was telling you I have a, I used to have a flat stomach. Now it has even gone down. (laughs) Because of my father. Do you know the things he has put me through? One, one day I was traveling, he said, Toss, as you go, as you go and come, never let one carbohydrate touch your mouth. I said, yes, daddy. I'll be in the hotel. I only stay in hotels. You see croissant. There's chocolate croissant, cheese croissant, uh, jam rolls and cinnamon. I'll be looking at this. I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. It's like when I see the cinnamon roll, I see my father's face in the roll just looking at me. <laughs> yes. He is not there. But it's like his spirit is there. Elisha asked Gehazi, went not my spirit with you. It has kept me alive. Physically. Look, let me share a testimony. Last year I fell sick. Very, very sick. I almost died. What saved me was when the sickness came, it came to meet a healthy body. Through years of make sure you do your checks every year, make sure your sugar is okay, make sure your cholesterol is okay, make sure this is okay. When the sickness came, it met a healthy body because what the sickness did to be the side effect, if the sickness had met an unhealthy body, God forbid, maybe I wouldn't be here. So when you are being rebuked then you may even be surprised that it is for your own salvation. Look, if Bishop says don't eat bread, is it his body is entering or it is your body? You ask yourself, the advice Bishop Ogo gives, is it for your benefit or his benefit? By the grace of God, there's in, in, in a sense, there's nothing else for Bishop Ogo to prove to anybody. Honestly, Bishop Ogo is Bishop Ogo. There's nothing else to prove to anybody in a sense. It is, look, to, to be honest, it is nice to say Bishop, uh, 
and so, uh, Bishop Abner is the owner of this chair, blah, blah. If Bishop Ogo is not here, many of you won't come to church. Let's be honest with it. You see, so in a sense, if Bishop Ogo is rebuking Bishop Kwabna for something, it is for Bishop Kwabna's good to learn to become like him. He is already what he is. Yes. You see, there are times when I'm walking in town, then I'll see a very fat person. Now, I'll just look at you and say, you eh? Bishop, that is not your father. That's why you, why you are like this. <laughs> it's true. I'll just look at somebody and say, you... It's because Bishop Dag is not your father. That's why your stomach is the way it is. You see, but that stomach I'm talking about is actually his death waiting to happen. Based on who his father is, who is not correcting him, he will die before his time. When you have a father and he's correcting you, the only reason is because he feels he is your father. That's all. Otherwise, you even open his mouth to speak. And that is why when you cannot receive correction, what you've actually done is you've rejected your father. So you take away from him his, his, his love and the stamp of authority that he feels or that he felt based on which he corrected you. And then from then, it's silence. How is marriage? Is that not happy with you? Wow! Be careful when you only get laughter. Because life is made of light and darkness, good and bad, sunshine and rain. So when you are only experiencing rain, there is something wrong with you. When you only experience sunshine, there is something wrong with you. He said, look, look, look at Job. All the problems he went through. Was Job a bad person? No, it's God who brought up Job. It's not the devil who, who brought up Job. God felt an ownership of Job. And God knew that Job would survive. And what was the end of Job? He had double everything. There was no bad intention for Job. Never think that there's a bad intention for you. It is your response to the correction that determines everything. Everything depends on you. Everything depends on you. When I was going to, when I was in the university, I remember one day, Bishop called me and said, do you have a beloved? And I said, no, 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 no. You see, it's tech students who break up a lot. It's like those who go to tech, K and USD. By the time you are hearing that they are the relationship, that's the third one. I'm telling you. Always breaking up relationship, breaking up. Then the UCC guys are next. Breaking up, enter, break up, enter, break up, enter. But Legon people, very serious. Oh, yes, oh, yes. So, when Bishop asked me in my final year, no, my second year, who is your beloved? I said, no, no, no. No beloved, no beloved. Then he just said, oh, try and get a relationship before. So, I saw this girl. No. We couldn't get there, but let me share this testimony with you. Two things in my life that are difficult for me to do and that I don't like. I'll tell you why also. One, fair girls. You see, when I hear bishops saying, a fair girl, those who like fair girls, you see a fair... I don't understand that part, though. 
Because, you see, when I was in class four, I went to chase a fair girl. <laughs> class four. I went to chase a fair girl. She was a Lebanese. And what my father did to me, eh? class four, he beat away the love of fair girls from my heart and my mind. So me, that's the other year, just say, hey, when you see a fair girl, you that, that one, ask for fair girl. Girl, yes, but fair, no. <laughs> it's true. My father beat me, eh? Second thing I cannot do, steal. When I was also maybe around that class four, no. It was Christmas. And all those days, like your mother would bake cakes. I'll be in this chair, the ladies bake cakes, but don't worry. That's, that's for your pastor to deal with. <laughs> Our mothers would bake cakes. Then they'll send you to go and give to people at Christmas. So my mother sent me to one of our family friends just up the road. So I walked with a kick. Mr. Sunu, I'll never forget him till I die. He was a betrayer. He was a betrayer. So we are three brothers, so three, and I'm in the middle. So it's not like I was the youngest who I was sent or I was the oldest who I was sent. I was in the middle. So I was like sacrificed. So I walked and took the kick. When I gave it to Mr. Sunu, three brothers, he gave me 1,000 CDs in those days. That this for you and your brothers. On my walk back home, I was seeing how to divide 1,000 over three equally. And it wasn't working. So I came up with different ideas. Should I tell my, or should I, you know, those days when they give you money, go and give it to your parents. So I said, should I give all the thousand to my mother? I said, never. Because monkey, they work, baboon, they chop, it cannot be. I cannot give all. So I said, okay, I'll give her 900. That's 300, 300, 300. But 900 is sort of a round figure. Nobody gives 900. If you want to lie, it should be believable. 900 is not whatever. So on my way home, I was giving different options. I was calculating. It was 31st December. So I decided that what I'll do is I'll give my mother 600 CDs. So 200, 200, 200. Oh, I thought you would clap for me for this game. Division. So I got home because the notes were five. So I go to my and give my mother uh, 600 CD with a nice photo. It's the Sunu said, I, uh, this, he's giving us this money for like the children, Christmas. And my mother said, okay. The devil is also very bad. Not only is Mr. Sunu a, a traitor, but the devil is also bad. After I had given my mother the 600, that Mr. Sunu said, whatever, around 3 p.m., my father councilman says, Mr. Sunu says, he's taking he and my mother out to dinner. Jesus. By that time, 
I've already given the 600 to my mother as this is. So now, the, the problem is, do I repent immediately and go and give the 400? They say no. But in case he doesn't mention it, then the 400, they're secure. So, as you know, the higher the risk, the greater the profit. So I took a risk. That he will say it. So he and, so my mom, my dad, and them, it's a Sunni and his wife go for this dinner, 31st December. Charlie, as I'm at home, eh? Sweating, heart beating. When my parents arrive home, my mother just comes to ask me, how much money did Mr. Sunu give you? That's when I knew that. That new year wasn't going to start well. Then my, when I, now I confessed thousand. My mother said, your father will talk to you. Then my father also came and asked, how much money did Mr. Sunu give you? Then I responded correctly again. Then he said in God, tomorrow morning you will see. You can imagine I couldn't sleep. Do you know what my father made me do? Ah, God bless his memory. The 400 I stole. He said I should draw up a timetable for 400 lashes. One lash for each CD. That I should draw up the timetable. So I draw the table like this. Five in the morning, five in the evening. So every morning where my father is going to work I'll just go and take the cane I'll give it to him then I'll stand there pa, 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 pa. then he'll give it to me then, then he'll go to work like medicine five morning, five evening <laughs> my father beat me until the point he got tired himself I should have made it two a day instead of the five a day <laughs> but you know he beat stealing out of me. So today I, I cannot steal because if that small 400, like when I hear of somebody that's only one million dollars, I say, hey, but if 400 CDs was noticed, one, uh, how do you honestly think you can get away with stealing? Their correction, their blows, their beating, purged out the evil of immorality and the evil of stealing from me. It packed it out. It was for my good. I want to encourage you that offenses will come. When they come, be ready for it. This year, you'll be offended. Be like a soldier who wears a bulletproof vest. In case you are never shot, praise God. But in case you are shot, you will be protected in it. Let's stand to our feet. As we end the service, you know, I know that there are many people here who, have, who are offended with one thing or the other. Please, for your own good, I want you to pray for yourself. Just ask God to heal you. Because when the offense is there long enough, a trigger 
a trigger a trigger will make you misbehave in a way that is unforgivable so pray think about your husband who has offended you think about your wife who did something that really hurt you two years ago you've lived with it but it is still there pray for yourself offense is the seed of the enemy maybe bishop or God spoke to you in the way four years ago four years ago maybe during the last swollen Sunday to give your money you really contributed and something little happened and the way Bishop Kobe spoke to you you really felt disrespected this is the sign so this Holy Sunday you are not giving yourself the way you know you can because of what happened the last time pray for your healing as for the church it will move on but you that seed of Satan which is offense the Bible says that it will spring up and trouble you it will trouble you pray for yourself that you will not be troubled by offense you know this is a prayer for your salvation because there are many 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 years ahead many years ahead maybe before you got married your husband made you some promises none of them has he fulfilled you, you seem you seem happily married on the outside but in your heart you feel betrayed yes you have two children for him but you feel betrayed because of things he said you do that he's not done and whenever you bring it up he brushes it off as nothing but to you it is very important because maybe it was based on those promises that you married him maybe for you maybe one day you wanted to um, make love with your wife and she responded in a way three years ago you have not overcome it ask God to take this seed of offense out of your heart otherwise one day it will spring up and trouble you in an unexpected place in an unexpected way I have seen I have seen that all adultery is a result of offense and revenge. You will be shocked at how you behave because you are offended. Pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow it out of you. Maybe you are even offended with God because you have kept yourself. You have saved him. You have done everything the Bible says you should do. But the thing that you are asking God for, he doesn't seem to be provided. But everything that you know that God requires, you do. Please, please, 
Please ask God to take the seed of offense. Yes, take it out, out of your heart. Of you can save take God, it out of my but you are offended. With Him. Oh, get the Ask God to take the seed of offense out of your heart. It will trouble you. It will spring up in an unexpected way. Take it out. Take it out. Pray for healing. Pray for healing. Pray for healing. Pray for your heart to be healed. Heal my heart, Lord. Heal my heart, Lord. Pray for your heart to be healed. Pray for your heart to be healed. Just the keyboard, please. Pray for your heart to be healed. Maybe your boss in the office. Look, if you are not careful. You will resign from a very good job because of offense. Forgive your boss. Maybe the salary he promised to pay where he employed you and the annual increments where he employed you and the car he promised after one year where he employed you none of those things has come to pass and you feel stuck because what else can you do forgive him Jesus said he who will take your coat add your cloak also he who will slap you on the left turn your rights to him also Go the way of Christ. He is the one who sets up one, promotes the other. Maybe the prayer guy, please why your voice. Maybe you are a businessman and you've been swindled. Because of the offense, you are actually, you are in church this morning and you've been coming to church. But because of the offense of the person who swindled you, as I speak, you are thinking of going to a juju man for revenge. Please, please heal this morning. Let it go. Bible speaks about enduring contradictions. It is part of Christianity to be mistreated. It is part of Christianity. Jesus only did good, but we killed him at the end. Maybe God wants you to experience what Jesus experienced. When you are a good person, maybe God wants you to experience what Job went through. Job did nothing wrong. Job did nothing wrong. But go the way of Job. The Bible says, and in all this, Job did not sin. This is your opportunity to live like a Bible character. It will be your promotion. Give God time. Give God time. He will sort everything out. He will right the wrongs. Give God time. I pray for your healing this morning. That every prayer you pray, no one knows you like you do. Jesus. And with every head bowed and with every eye closed. Maybe somebody invited you to church, but this morning you want to take this opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to pray with you before we close the service. If you are here like that, I want to pray with you. Please lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you and we'll close and go home. 
you came to church but you are not born again you want to be born again the bible says that and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and anyone whose name was not in the book of life was cast into everlasting fire or maybe you are here you want to rededicate your life to god lift up your hand also and we'll pray once and we'll close and go home is there anybody here you want to rededicate your life to god lift up your hand high so i can see it i see your hand i see your hand also if you've lifted up your hand please do one more thing please walk to me in front and we'll pray and then you'll close if you lifted up your hand please do one more thing it will provide your healing there was a hand somewhere here come if you lifted up your hand want to rededicate your life to Jesus, come running, hear the voice of the Spirit. To the mercy come, be a good to run away. Come, clap for them as they come. Thank you for healing. My brothers and sisters, I want you to say this prayer after me and ask the rest of the congregation to join us. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. This morning. This morning. I come to you. I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. And wash me. And wash me. In your precious blood. In your precious blood. Say this morning. This morning. I give my life to Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. And I declare. And I declare. That I'm born again. That I'm born again. Say heavenly father. Heavenly father. Please write my name. Please write my name. In your book of life. In your book of life. So that when I die. So that when I die. I will come to heaven. I will come to heaven. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Please come and live in me. Please come and live in me. And help me. And help me. Strengthen me. Strengthen me. To live the life of a Christian. Live a life of a all the days of my life, all the days of my life, in the mighty name of in Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus, I pray with thanksgiving. I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Please go with our pastor, who's waving his hand. He'll talk to you for two minutes, and then you join us. Clap for them as they go. Clap for them. Bible says there's great joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Seven, eight have repented today. Please take your seats. And you know, for anyone who prayed this prayer from your heart, I tell you, God has healed you of whatever hurts, offense. You will never be the same again. You will even begin to breathe easier. Some of you have breathing conditions. It's because of the hurt. You will breathe easier from today. Why don't you take your communion this morning? It's been a very powerful time. Powerful time. We are enjoying many spiritual moments in this church. Take out your communion. Today's communion is for the anointing. The anointing. For the anointing. We are in the middle of operation. Don't think about it. We have done two weeks. We have two weeks to go. And at the end of the two weeks that are coming, we have our swollen Sunday service. We are believing God to walk in his power.
walk in his anointing to reach out to souls to fast to pray and on the 12th to gather a number we have never gathered before this communion is filling you with the power of the Holy Spirit power you're going to walk in power and anointing power and anointing lift up the bread say this is the body of Jesus Christ say as I eat this body I receive power I receive anointing I receive the power to gather the body of Jesus Christ eat it it's the communion of the blood of Christ the bread which we break it's the communion of the body of Christ lift up your cup say this is the blood of Jesus Christ say this is the blood of Jesus Christ say as I drink it I receive the life of Christ himself say as I drink it I receive power to reach out to others I receive power to gather people into the house of God the blood of Jesus Christ drink it when I see the blood oh when I see the blood I want you to lift up your two hands everybody lift up your two hands please you are receiving power as your hands are lifted now you are being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit the anointing fills you up this week you will do exploits in the name of Jesus I declare that in these two weeks you will do for God what you have never done before receive the anointing in the name of Jesus Receive power. Receive power. You are receiving power to take territories in your community. Amen. From Gombawaleshi to Ayukuma, all the way to Brigade. You are receiving power to reach out to souls in your community. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And as your hand is lifted up, as your hand is lifted up, you are representing this church. And you are receiving power to gather many thousands on the 12th of February. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands and receive the power to gather thousands and thousands. A number larger than we have ever gathered in this cathedral. And finally, I speak to every sickness in your body. I speak to heart conditions. I speak to nervous conditions. I speak to mental conditions. I speak to fibroids. I speak to ulcers. I speak to hypertensive conditions. And I command them in the name of Jesus to be gone. In the name of Jesus. Be set free. I speak to pain in your body. I see somebody pain in the backside of your foot. I command that pain to be gone now. In the name of Jesus. Receive healing. Receive healing. Receive healing. Anything that couldn't dwell in the blood of Jesus Christ, it leaves your body now in Jesus. It leaves your body. In, I override the diagnosis of doctors and I cancel the place of medications and pills in your life. I declare now that what they say would not survive for a long time. It is surviving for a long time in the name of Jesus. Receive healing in your eyes. Receive healing in your ears. Amen. Receive healing in your abdomen. Amen. Somebody receive healing from knee pain. Oh, knee pain. Jesus. 
knee pain. Father, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands for the Lord. And you may take your seats. We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays, as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.